0: Hey there friends, you are listening to another episode of Theology on the Road. I am your host and chauffeur for the next few moments. My name is Steve Schram. It is a pleasure for you to be on the drive with me, just driving home from work. had a question come in actually as I stopped to get gas and I uh, thought I would go ahead and answer it. So without further ado, here is a question from my good friend Aaron.
1: Hey, Steve. Uh, So thought here, as far as all the climate, you know, crisis, they say is going on and things like that, climate change and stuff like that. And and as young age believers, we take Genesis literal, um, which leads me to Genesis 8, uh, 21, 22. This is right after Noah is giving a sacrifice on an altar um, to the Lord for all that he's provided and to keep Noah safe and all that. 21. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. How could we think of that in terms of what's going on now? Just just curious your thoughts.
0: So, Aaron raises a good question. By the way, Aaron, thank you for writing in. Um, I appreciate that. As always, I love to have questions to deal with and to to answer here on the podcast. So, thank you for writing in on that. Yeah, so, the issue of uh, climate control and climate crisis, you know, is there really a climate crisis going on? Uh, You know, I mean, I'm not a... Uh, a climatologist, a meteorologist, any any of that. Um, so I find myself unable to speak very much to issues of, uh, in terms of evidentially dealing with the science behind so-called climate issues and, and whatnot. My understanding of the debate is whether... It, I'm not sure that it's even whether... The, um, some of the issues with the climate change are a result of human activity, I think that the main issue is how much. Um, it seems to me, and again, I haven't really looked into this very much, it seems to me that there is at least some demonstrable uh, human Activity that causes issues with climate change. Now, a lot of the modeling that you see around uh, climate change is done within a kind of a, a, a framework that assumes deep, deep time, um, that would assume a 4.5 billion year um, history of the Earth. Now, as was made clear in a discussion that I had the other day that will be, that will be airing in January, um, I never thought about it this way before, uh, but I had a discussion with uh, Dr. Stephen Lloyd. and He pointed something out to me in our discussion that I thought was a great insight that I hadn't really ever thought of before in quite the way he put it. And the insight uh, is this. Whenever you are trying to determine whether or not your model, or um, maybe I should say it this way, whenever you're trying to determine whether or not you have a piece of evidence that can be used in support of some kind of claim that you're making, you have to look at that evidence within the assumptions of the model. Now, I talk about this thing, this kind of thing often, this concept often, when it comes to worldviews, right? Like, uh, the, the classic example that I use of this is you can't, you can't look at evidence for the resurrection in a naturalistic framework. It doesn't make any sense because resurrections don't happen in a naturalistic framework. You have to, you have to look at the model of theism. Specifically you have to look at the model of Christian theism. Is a resurrection explicable, right, in a model of Christian theism? And the answer is yes, that's a model that works. But I never really thought about this, but it's the same thing when you're looking at scientific models. Can we explain geologic rock layers as a result of a global flood? Well, maybe. Maybe not. But again, the question is, can we explain geologic rock layers as a result of the global flood in a holistic flood model? Can we do a holistic model where certain other factors would result and would be involved that contribute to it? And that's really the question that needs to be asked I think that's a great way I think of thinking about the issue of climate change now again I am not a climate scientist so personally I'm a little bit limited to the uh, information that I have access to that I can that I can draw upon I haven't studied this in depth um, And it would take probably a long time for me to do that. But in thinking about it, I would say that a detailed model would need to be created that used the assumptions of the creationist timeline in order to understand what 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 the current evidence what the current data means in a creationist timeline okay so we can't look at a deep time um, kind of scenario and and just assume that what they're saying results from that kind of modeling and a, a, and interpret it in the same way in our framework because our entire framework our entire paradigm is different. Now getting more specifically to your question. The paradigm of your question involves a claim from God and it involves an action that was taken by God that had serious consequences and a serious impact on Earth's climate and Earth history. Now, here's something that's interesting. And again, I know I'm, uh, what, I, what I'm trying to do here is I, I, I realize that you have asked a question. And let's place that question, Aaron, in the center of a wheel, of a hub and spoke kind of system. Let's place it in the hub. But now there are some spokes that we have to look at that inform how we look at the question inside of the hub. So one of those spokes is, um, is this, you know, when, when we look at the effects that a global flood would have on the earth, there are some implications that follow from that. So one of those, just as an example, is we think that there was one ice age, uh, it's been better described in a creationist framework as an ice advance. That was a. It probably lasted for, I don't know, five to seven hundred years. I think I'm. I think I'm right on my on my numbers there. Possibly five to seven hundred years of an ice advance that uh, resulted from the uh, global flood. Okay, that's one thing. Um, One large ice age rather than multiple ice ages over millions of years. We believe the flood was an event that would indeed provide the scenario conducive to that happening. Another spoke uh, is perhaps that we have some uh, evidence in earthquakes in some of the tectonic activity of the earth um, there is a phenomenon known as isostasy, and it is uh, essentially has to do with the settling out of, of of mountains and other geologic structures after after a cataclysm. We think in a creationist framework. That the earthquakes that we see today are a result of post-flood isostasy, literally of of the mountains and the, um, the continents actually still settling. Literally the earth still settling from this event. What's curious is there's a difficulty... In explaining that from a deep time view because there's not an event the effects are thought to last around 25,000 years so that makes sense if we have a global flood around 4,500 years ago or so but there's no event in earth history in a deep time scenario that we know of that would cause um, that would explain the isostasy we see today so that's another interesting thing okay and so we have these scenarios that uh, result because of the paradigm of a young age creationist view. And so we have to realize that the flood forms the foundation of that. Okay, and now we, now we come to these verses, right? Romans 8, 21 and 22, which I'm driving so I can't read them, so I'm just going to summarize. These verses seem to indicate that God promises... It's kind of this Noahic covenant, right? God promises never to destroy the earth by means of a, of a cataclysmic flood again. And he promises that for as long as the earth remains... Notice that he doesn't promise to never destroy the earth again, but he promises to never do so by means of a flood because then he turns around and says, as long as the earth remains during seed time and harvest and, you know, summer and winter, all these things, um, that things are going to be consistent, okay? Now, what can we take from this verse, Well, we have to consider a couple things, okay? Certainly, the original audience to which this verse was written would not think in terms of laws of physics and climate control necessarily in the scientific sense that we would. So what we cannot do is press these scriptures to... Say much more than it's apparent from the text that they say. All right. Now we mustn't undermine the fact that there can be some similarities. Um, there, there can be some things that we understand about the world. For example, um, we understand what is meant by the consistency. Okay. So I, I think that. The most that this verse can mean in the context is that God will um, keep the seasons, and the—I uh, mean, basically the seasons—is what is being referred to because that was something that they would have understood. Um, uh, it will be consistent. Okay, we're not going to—we're not going to have some kind of crazy cataclysmic event like happened with the flood. We're going to see consistency in creation from that time forward. And one of the the ways that we were going to see this would be in the um, preserving of the kind of seasonal changes that took place. Again, these cultures were largely agrarian, so they spoke in these terms of seed time and harvest, etc. They would have understood what that meant. Now today, we have scientific insight into into those processes that they did not have back then. And so we can, I think, say, okay, um, what what, it, what does it mean for the seasons to say consistent? you know does that what, what implications for weather patterns over time does that have? What implications does that have for the operation of the water cycle? you know things of that, all the various things that have to do with um, with the preserving of those seasons, etc., we have further scientific insight into them. So what does that tell us about climate change? Well, after all this time of me rambling on and trying to, to answer this question as consistently and coherently as I can, um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I think that... Uh, there has been climate change. For sure. Now, that doesn't mean that there's been millions of years of climate change. If we affirm that there was an ice age at all, and that now there is not one, which we do want to affirm as creationists, then then there has been climate change. And uh, I, I don't think that that is a... Um, that that is a violation of what the Bible says in these verses. So, um, a, a good kind of internal critique would be to say, okay, well, can we can we say that there has been a post-flood ice advance? If it's true that these summers, or excuse me, if it's true that these seasons are going to continue on as God said. Uh, I think so. I think we can still say that. Uh, Because it's not as though these uh, seasons were going to uh, not come about. You could have seasons like, I mean, here in North Carolina last year, we saw some 75, 80. Matter of fact, I think we might have even seen a 90-degree day. If I'm remembering this correctly, last December, December 2018, I think we saw a 90 degree day in December last year. Well, that's obviously summer weather, but it's also in wintertime. And we live in a context in North Carolina where we see those fluctuations. So, you're going to have exceptions where where you're going to have different things that are happening because of the location of, of, of the planets and the, you know, uh, different uh, different things that are happening, different physical things that are happening that go on that affect the climate at any given time, at any at, at a given place. You're going to have things that happen. But that doesn't mean that the seasonal pattern is not continuing on. And especially in the context of God and His judgment of the earth, I think that... They understood that this was a physical event. It happened where they lived. And surely that the world is still going to be experiencing effects of this. Again, I think earthquakes are evidence that we are still seeing effects of this flood. Despite the fact that the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter. And these things shall not cease and, and shall not end. So... Has the climate changed? Yes. Has the climate been changing for millions of years? I don't think so, given the framework that I interpret that evidence in. Um, Has the climate been changing mostly, or even most rapidly as a result of um, human contributions? I don't think so. I do think it's changing as a result of human contributions. I don't think it is changing as drastically as is promoted, as a result of population increase, as a result of of human contributions. I think that dramatic change in the um, in in terms of the climate climate change. I think that it's probably most plausibly attributed to the after effects of the flood given the framework that we interpret things in. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think that in principle, now I don't know the details behind this, but it seems to me in principle a global cataclysm uh, would have much to do with informing climate change over a 4,500 year period of time. That seems reasonable to me. So uh, that's the answer, Aaron. I hope that is like somewhat helpful. I realize it's not probably the most helpful. Um, probably you could look up some creationist resources. Probably some good papers have been written on this. Um, I know uh, Larry Vardaman is one climate scientist. He might have some things to say about this. Uh, that you could look up some resources. Michael Loward is a uh, meteorologist. Uh, works with Creation Ministries International. He probably has some things written about this and some things to say about this. So I would encourage you to uh, to check out some resources uh, by those men. All right? God bless y'all. Um, love y'all. Thank you for listening. I know I, I haven't recorded an episode here lately. Frankly, I've been sick a lot. That That's uh, contributed to it. I've been doing a little bit more writing. That contributes to it as well. So, um... You know, sometimes when I get in the car, rather than talk for a little while longer, I'm ready to just uh, chill out and listen to a podcast or listen to some music. And fortunately, when I started this podcast, I didn't make any promises about consistency or anything. So this is just kind of once in a while when I, have, when I have thoughts on my mind. Again, you might get one every three weeks or you might get three in one day. just depends on how active my mind is and how much you need to talk through things. So God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, share this with somebody. Maybe it'll be a blessing and a help to them. All right, Aaron, thanks for your question, buddy. You guys take care. Bye-bye.